This is CliffCentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the CliffCentral.com website where there's a show for you. Central.com. It is Friday morning. It is just after 10 o'clock. Sex talk with John T. Searle and some fascinating people in the studio. Elna, it's so cool to have you here with us. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, John T. I hope I'm not the fascinating kind. I thought more I'm the motherly kind. The motherly kind. Well, you can yeah. still be fascinating. Oh, fascinating. You don't have motherly. to have just one little label. Oh, thank you. You can have lots. And Whitney is here from Mari Stopes. Good morning, Whitney. Hi, John T. Okay, Hello. Whitney, you have to put your mouth really close to the microphone, and you have to talk to me, not your phone. Okay, sorry about there that. There we go. Thank She's you doing very a selfie. Much. <laughs> doing a selfie. Okay. Imagine if we just had conversations. Wouldn't wow. that be so cool? That'd be amazing. I would love that. <laughs> mm. I keep on seeing the sign outside some coffee shops. We have no Wi-Fi. Talk to each other. <laughs> That's so cool. I kind of I like that. I am a bit of a Luddite, I must say. So let us begin with this. Ninja sex. Chocolate starfish. Twitterback. Calipogean. Today's dirty dictionary word is... Sexternal hard drive. Dirty dictionary word. A sexternal hard drive. Tamara, any ideas? It's uh, called Red Bull. The youngsters call it Red Bull. It's their <laughs> external sex drive. They actually drink it. Then they think they they drink as well alcohol. Uh, and then they get all funny. Okay. No India. Mm-hmm. That okay. was a cool one. Whitney, Thank you. What is a sexternal hard drive? The place where you keep all your dirty secrets. Oh, you're getting hot there, Elma. <laughs> Oh, I don't even know what a hard drive is. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been that long? <laughs> Just give it Viagra. If it doesn't work, if all else fails, use Viagra. I love you. Okay. So, abortion is a topic that keeps coming up in our society from so many different aspects. And we are failing people. Um, we are failing women. We are failing men. We are failing families left, right, and center. And there is no protection for people. Um, There is still not a great deal of openness. There is still not a great deal of honesty. There is still not the access that people need, that our constitution ensures people. So I got an email from you last week, Whitney, talking about a new project that you're doing. Tell us about the project. Okay, so this project is the Share Your Story project. A what? Share your story. Share, okay. Yeah. So I think what we're trying to do is to get people to open up about their experiences. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people hide the fact that they've had abortions. And the stats would tell us that one in three women 
have had abortion in South Africa. In South Africa. And yet we all go around thinking our friends haven't, our family haven't, and we hide it. So it's almost like become a form of birth control <laughs> in South Africa. Not a form of birth control. It's a, I mean, it's a woman's choice and mm. others make the choice to terminate their pregnancies. So I think what we're trying to do is to create a support network for women who have either had an abortion or are wanting to have an abortion and just need to hear what other people's experiences have been. Just so that they're comfortable to know that it's not just them in situations like that and just um, the effect that it has on other people. And is this project, is it up and running firstly? It is. So we do have a, a page on our website where people can share their stories. And then we are hoping that the end result will be a campaign, which will be digital stories um, and pictures. And these will be produced by Mabato Moncho. Who produces women and sex? Uh, she's also of the Happiness is a four-word movie, so she's quite big these days, and she's quite um, passionate about access for women. So she'll be helping us with the production of those digital stories. So sure, I think that's too late. <laughs> you know that abortion is one thing that's a hundred percent preventable, mm. but it's about access to contraceptives. Contraceptive clinics are open between 8 and 4 Supposedly the nurses get going at 10 And start putting on their lipstick at 2 That's exactly when children are in school Abortion clinics should be open at night They Mm. should be like the 24 hour uh, garage shops And that's what we don't have We don't have access Mm. Young children have sex And as much Brittany I'm not knocking your program Mm -hmm. But you know when I need an abortion, I haven't got time to read pretty stories. I want to like, where do I get it and how do I get it? Mm-hmm. And people don't know where to get abortions. And mm-hmm. is that where so much of, of, of the backstreet so stuff the is back happening? So the backstreet, the, the websites are beautiful because anybody can make a website. Mm-hmm. So how would I know what is an illegal versus a proper Mari Stopes one? Mm-hmm. And I think that is important that we also today tell people, how do I recognize what is legal versus illegal mm-hmm. providers? So what is the definition of, of firstly a legal provider? So a legal provider actually has an op- office with a landline where you will visit the office. Mm. You will make an appointment or you will walk in and there will be somebody that one examines you because when you go to an illegal provider, I can meet you outside KFC. I can meet you on the corner of Jansmats and Republic Road. I can post it to you. I can have it delivered to you. This is not pizzas we're talking mm. about. We are talking about a woman, about her life. Why is it important to actually um, examine a person In South Africa, we have so many women with um, chlamydia and other STDs. They also have ectopic pregnancies. We always have to see the pregnancy in the uterus. That is why we sonar. What about twin pregnancies? Medical abortions can only be done till eight weeks, but on the Internet you can have it up to eight months. So there's so many. You know, we study and Mm. we study the what can go wrong. Because most people buy pills and it's fine and they sort of miscarry, but it's about the ones that go wrong. A lot of them go wrong. Uh, They do. A lot of them go wrong. And women end up dead as the worst case scenario, but they end up having with hysterectomies, uh, septicemia, that they can never have children again. 
And uh-uh. it sounds so easy because the illegal providers just says, swallow the pills and the baby will be dissolved. Mm. I mean, when was your stomach connected to your uterus? Absolutely. And so there's so much of, of, of nonsense. And does that come out of desperation or a lack of education? Well, a mixture? You know what? Good marketing. They sell the mm-hmm. pills for anything from 400 rand up to 2,000 rand, which is within the reach. It sounds so easy. Mm. But illegal abortion and and pills, I don't know how much your prices vary from what? Um, About a thousand. A thousand mm-hmm. rand. Which Starting is at a thousand. Starting at a thousand. If you go to a clinic. Is, mm, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not we so are, accessible to a lot of people. Exactly. Yeah, but I think just as I'm listening to mm-hmm. Alna, another part of the why the black market is so big is the stigma. So people yeah. are afraid yeah. to go to the clinics to get their contraception to begin mm. with, even if they're free. They're afraid to go to the public clinics to get um, an abortion because of the stigma that they'll face whilst they're there. They're afraid to come to places like Mari Stopes even because they're scared to be seen coming in and mm. just people making assumptions of why they're there and uh, you know their lifestyle that they lead. So that's a really big part of it. And I think for us, this project is meant to um, address the stigma. So that people aren't afraid to access contraception and abortions. And do you intend with the project to include people's stories who have had illegal abortions? Yes. Yes. So we actually do have quite a few of them that have submitted Mm -hmm. and a lot of them have gone wrong. And they shared those experiences of how they wish they had gone to a or known where to go Mm. and gone to a legitimate uh, trained uh, provider. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so, also, there are medical doctors that weren't trained in abortion. Remember, it's again just a little subspeciality. Yeah. So, initially, when uh, um, doctors went through medical school, depending on when they graduated, remember, abortion's been legal for the past 20 years. But people of my generation, abortion was illegal. So, they actually didn't really keep up to date what is the latest. So even medical doctors just give patients cytotec. Cytotec is the drug that they sell on the street uh, streets. It's actually um, an arthritis medication with a side effect that it can cause abortion. Oh, wow. And that is not a medical abortion. A medical abortion is a combination of two medications. Mifepristone followed 48 hours later by misoprostol and given to people that are you know, have been examined or less than eight weeks or not asthmatics, diabetics. There's certain indications why we shouldn't give it to, um, to, to patients. So patients also actually need to educate mm. themselves. And if you go to a doctor, and this also doesn't sound right, question, why am I only getting the cytotec? Where is the misoprostol? Misoprostol is an, a, a pill that gets imported into the country and costs round about 500 rand a tablet. Mm. So that in itself is not a cheap medication. Mm-hmm. So again, cytotec, not so <coughs> but yeah. Cytotec is a pill that costs about 2 rand, mm. sold for 450 up to 2,000 rand, mm. which you can clearly see it's a great business. You know, maybe mm. we should also just paint <laughs> our windows black. And yeah. it, it, it sickens me. It angers me. Uh, there's some of us that are old enough that fought for legalization. The ANC Women's League pushed through legalization mm. of, of um, I wanted to say sex work because that's another one of my fights, <laughs> but <laughs> for legalization of abortion. So next year we will really have a big celebration. The act uh, went through in 1996, but actually became we started doing legal abortions from 1997. So 20 years on, it's disaster. 
Mm-hmm. Over 50% of abortions that happen in this country are legal. That's what we think. Yeah. Because with the amount of women that we have to admit to hospitals for hysterectomies and, like I say, sepsis, death. The, the problem also, maternal mortality, there's, there's no category. So it's just women died in childbirth. And we mm. don't know whether this was an abortion or if it was actual childbirth. Mm. So there's this lump. Uh, everybody's lumped under the same category. We actually need to, st- and you know, everything is more work, more work, but we need statistics that we can actually say, because that's what we used to have in the old days, uh, before, uh, um, I sound really old, hey, but in the old, old days, yeah. <laughs> where we actually said so many women died because abortions were illegal. But now everybody's assuming, oh, if that you have over. an abortion, yeah, you're just going to die. So that <clears throat> stigma, fear, um, and, and this is what we see. When women come and see us, they'll say, am I going to die and will I have children again? And you have to break down all of those fears as well. And can you see why it's so much easier if somebody says to you, it's nothing, just swallow two pills mm, yeah. and all will be fine. Yeah. 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 That sounds so much easier than having to have a very personal uh, invasive examination and, um, and procedure. Mm, it's yeah. not an easy procedure. And so and much comes from just a basic lack of education, yeah. which covers the spectrum of sexuality, where yeah. we are falling down on every aspect of sexual education. It is, yeah. It's a vicious, vicious cycle because it is. Where do we start? Yeah. The life skills teachers actually skip the sex part often. Mm-hmm. Just um, skip it. Well, they just skip oh, it because okay. there's other things as <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. And Cause then they're, also because they're embarrassed. Yeah. Their own, of their yeah. own sexuality. Yeah. You know, it's the first thing. So many people come and say to me, particularly parents, and at every single talk I give, how do I talk to my kids about sex? And my first thing is if you are not comfortable with your sexuality, you cannot talk to your kids. Mm. Yeah. Then you have to get some other source of information, bottom line. But until we do that, so again, where do you start with that? And so what you're doing is a great start. Yeah. And it's almost you're coming in at the back end, mm. but we'll get to the front end. Yeah. yeah. And then it's 20 years later and 30% of women in South Africa will tell you that they don't know that abortion is legal. So those people will still be going to mm. the back end because nobody has informed them that it is legal and informed them of where they can go to get safe access. So is that more of kind of, is that more of a political Extension or is it more a social issue? So I think it has to start from the top. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. had an AIDS helpline in this country for I don't know how many years. Yeah. So why do we not have an abortion helpline? Mm. Like we have a lifeline. A suicide helpline. Absolutely. But because we are still um, a very religious country and everybody just like ostriches, head in the sand, nobody wants to talk about mm. abortion. Well, we should because it's not illegal. It's legal. Mm-hmm. It's a right. It's in the Constitution. And... um so that would be my big beginning is why is there not a government helpline mm. or I don't know, because it can't, it, we lump everything on Murray Stopes. You are like the yeah. Department of Health <laughs> yes. and True. you can't be because you're an NGO. And so I feel our Minister of Health should take a serious stance, which he doesn't. Yeah. Mm. And, but I also think that comes from the social aspect of it because it's still such a taboo in society so it's still such a taboo even for the people in the politics game Mm. so it does start from every so i think it all just feeds into each other and just you know mixes up all in there you know but you know anywhere in the world when people are going to vote the first thing that comes out is abortion 
that's everybody becomes yeah. anti-abortion. We see it in America. There are, I think there's less abortion clinics in America than that there are in South Africa currently. I mean, the, the loopholes that people have to jump through to get an abortion, you know, the clinics just close down apart from the fact that they, they, they really make it. I mean, nobody's been shot in this country. Yeah. But when I lived yeah. in the States, every now and again, an abortion yeah. provider. It's a huge political issue there and yeah. huge social issue. What's the difference between urban and rural areas in South Africa? I would imagine there's even less information in a lot of the rural mm. areas. Uh, that's actually true. And I think there's still no information, no access. Mm. Because even if you look at organizations like Mari Stopes, we are not really in rural areas. We're mm. in urban areas and we're in peri-urban areas. And in some of these areas, we have people traveling from the rural areas, coming all the way to Mari Stopes in mm. Port Elizabeth from you know, who knows where to mm. get access. Whereas there's clinics in their, you know, towns where they could get access, but they're not you getting it. You're supposed to be providing You're supposed the to be providing it, but they're not. So I think it's only a small number of the designated clinics that are actually providing mm. it. And they call it conscientious obje- objection. And are these same clinics supposed to be providing contraception yes, as well? Yes, they are. Advice? They are. They are supposed to be providing all these services, but then they are not because, you know, of the social construct mm. around sex. So sex is such a bad thing, people are afraid to address it, and yet it's happening. But do the clinics actually have contraceptive drugs and possibilities? I think in a lot of clinics, yes. So that's one of the things. Wherever there's a – where they deliver babies, so if there's a maternity ward, they will usually on the Mm. six-week checkup, that would be there. I just want to add that in the SADAC region, so here we are in sunny South Africa, all our neighbors – it's illegal. In fact, there's only three places in Africa where abortion are legal and by choice, as in South Africa. In certain countries, um, they can, under a lot of conditions, they can have it. So we also have all our neighbors coming across the borders. Mm-hmm. On weekends, you are busy, we are busy, because people are flying in to have abortions done. Because it's easier to say, you know, we have to go to South Africa. Mm. And um, and also, we have a lot of air hostesses working on on different airlines where it's really, really, if you are working in Saudi Arabia, in Abu Dhabi, in one of those places, if you fall pregnant, you are charged and put into jail. So a lot of air, uh, airlines fly in, air hostesses have abortions. And that is so scary for me because these women leave and we can't do post follow up checkups mm. yes. on them. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's sometimes not just South Africa's problem. It comes, it becomes the an international yeah. problem. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. You know, in Ireland, it's still illegal. And we often look uh, to to Europe and countries and you think, oh, you know, they are so far ahead of us. Well, no, frankly, we are far ahead in some of our abortion care. True. And in other places, in other ways, I just think we are as backwards as mm. as certain deep, deep, darkest mm. Africa places. So, it shouldn't be like this. No. no. So how much of this comes down to... Simply the control and the lack of disregard for female sexuality as a whole. Amen. Yeah. That is really. And you know, from, from a tantric and conscious sexuality perspective, it's one of the cornerstones of empowering women to be Mm -hmm. the fullness of who Mm -hmm. they are. Yeah. And that's what this is. And it's just another extension of that. Yeah. To realize the choices and the consciousness of what women have access to. Yeah, and I think 
women have never been taught to embrace their sexuality. Yeah. I mean, we are, we all grow up and we're told to cover it up and, you know, dress appropriately and don't act that way because, you know, it makes society uncomfortable. And that's the reason why we are not comfortable looking for information and looking for access to services. Mm. Yeah. Well, also, I think we need to target young men. Mm. Yeah. And I was watching a program last night called TLC. I didn't know I was pregnant. Uh, and I always think, how on earth can you go through eight months, nine months? And, and <laughs> all of these programs end so lovingly and they have this baby. But not once do they mention, where is this man or young man, because mm. they're usually young girls, that made her pregnant? Why is he not in there? Because that to me is a story within a story. Yeah, absolutely. We sit with this daily where women are, well, He's not, he's, if, whenever we see a man in the clinic, we're so happy. We're like, sit down, make tea. We're so happy to see you. And how are you today? I'll bring you a few. Because it is so important that for me, it's a dual, it's a dual decision that my patient is man and wife or husband mm. and wife or the, the, the great thing about uh, where my clinic is in Santon, and I'm always amazed at the amount of sex that people do have, which is wonderful, Jonty. We will be in work That's it. forever. But right, people have you. multiple partners, and sometimes yeah. they're just confused, and they say, you know, I had sex with Yanni on Monday, Tulani on Wednesday, and Mohammed on Friday. Uh, who is my daddy here? And so sometimes it's complicated, mm. and we, we don't know either because mm -hmm. we have to wait nine months before we can do a – uh, a test like that, test. yeah. Oh. So if people need to also take responsibility for their actions, yeah. if I'm happy to have multiple partners, and um, and let me tell you, it's a war on sperm till you're about fifty for women, and and men just carry on forever in their seventies and eighties. They can still impregnate yeah. women, but women need to realize I can't be twenty-four. The ideal age to have a baby, sixteen to twenty-two. Your body just says, "How's it? Bring <laughs> that. I'm ready." So hence we see so many young women pregnant. Yes, but it doesn't mean your vagina is going to shut at thirty-five. No. Your eggs might slow down. Yeah. Our oldest patient, fifty. One that gave birth said to me, I think I was in the menopause. No, you're so not. So, what is the age range of women who are having abortions? For us, uh, and I've done this research for many mm. years, on average, 28 years married with one child. Mm -hmm. so that's who we see because they just, I cannot have another child mm. right now. Um, so, the picture of seeing little young schoolgirls or not, maybe you see more of that than what we do. Yeah. Because we're do a you, private Whitney? clinic. We do see a lot of young women. What does that mean? Young meaning what? High school. High school. So they're 15 plus, 16 15 plus. plus. Yeah, 15 mm. plus. And then we also see a lot of the young working women like myself. Early 20s. Early mm -hmm. 20s. And then the older women who have children that have left the house. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, she's in her 50s or 40s and she just can't have another baby because I'm done with that. Mm. So I think it ranges. It's a whole different range. And I think that's been uh, the most surprising thing for me working at Mari Stokes because you know, you think abortion is for the young girl that's having sex and the not having to hide. The little mm. girl. Irresponsible yeah. little girl. But it's everybody. How, what impact has the internet had in terms of making information available to people? Because essentially the theory is that the information is as close as my phone. And that's more what people are using phones yeah. for is that kind of information. Has that had impact in South Africa or is it still something that we're not aware of or that the Internet connections are so bad, so expensive? Are people looking for information for this online 
Yeah, people are looking for information. But are they looking for after information or preventive information? I think a, a lot of it is now solving the problem. Yeah. You know, so, uh, not, yeah. so it's not before, it's not preventive. Not a lot of it, yes. But also now the information now, like Alna was saying, it's so easy to make mm. a website, and not all the information on the internet is accurate and correct. Yeah, we know that. So yeah. you see a website and you think, oh, here's the this answer to my yeah. problem. Regard, and you have no clue yeah. where the website and comes so, from. So we have all seen mm. that. We deal more with the consequences of illegal abortions. Mm. Mm-hmm. We have seen a significant drop in abortion. Mm. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Mm. What it means is that people are, because if you look for Murray Stopes, you've got to go through about 60 pages of illegals before mm. you can get to legal. Yeah. Um, so you've seen a drop of numbers. Uh, other private practitioners have seen that we have, we literally do half than what we did say two years ago. And we know. Um, this is be- and people will say, well, I phoned this one, that one, that one. Some people ask a bit more questions mm. and will go, I could just hear this didn't sound right. Mm-hmm. But school children have never been exposed to visiting a gynecologist. Mm. Yeah. So they think, oh, well, they just come into the house. It'll be so easy. Mm. Yeah. Whereas women who have given birth who are a bit older, who maybe understand how medicine works, uh, they are the ones that will go, no, there were a lot of, I've, I'm so happy I found you. I found Mari Stopes. I found you, whoever. And we could see this was a real provider. Yeah. I mean, some people really check us out. What is your practice number? Yeah. And I want that to do. It is yeah. important because people need to know this is a safe, reliable. Yeah. F- and, and also follow up. Yeah. Because the follow up is very important. Very important. And, and we haven't <clears throat> even got to the psychological, that side of it. Yeah. Because none of that happens if you're just buying pills on the street. And I'm not saying all women that have abortions and Whitney can, Whitney can bear me out here. Most women, in a high percentage of women, I'd say as high as 95% of women are relieved. They are. They are. They want to run a marathon the next day. You've mm. got to like slow down, sweetie. You've got to rest for two weeks. Mm. But most, there are a small percentage of women that will feel sad, that will feel depressed. But maybe she already had those signs before she was yeah. even pregnant. Yeah. One of our listeners um, in Ireland, Cindy, sent a message that Ireland is a nightmare on this issue. EU have just ruled that Ireland has to compensate women who have had to travel to get an abortion. Things are on the move, and I think the EU is going to play an important role in the change. The government is looking to hold a referendum on the issue, which is not going to be an easy one because of the old religious zealots. Have to hold a referendum when looking to change the constitution here. So that's really interesting that um, there has to be, that Ireland has to compensate women who have had to travel to get an abortion. So um, a few years ago, uh, she was a married woman, a dentist, a beautiful, beautiful woman, had um, a fetal death. In uh, Ireland. In Ireland, yes. And she was at, well, the baby wasn't dead yet, but the baby wasn't growing. Mm. I think she was about 14, 15 weeks pregnant. And that was and natural. Natural. Mm. Uh, the, the pregnancy was ending, but nobody would do anything. They kept on saying, well, there's still a fetal heartbeat. Mm. She then developed septicemia, and consequently of that, mm. she died. Yeah, I that remember the ca- story. You remember mm-hmm. the story? It mm-hmm. caused a huge outcry in Ireland. Women were um, – and we all thought – because we or we would all read this and go, my goodness, if this was South Africa, this would be the easiest thing mm. to do. Why did things like this happen in Ireland? But we all understand of, of the religious things again. But as a consequence or after that, there were a lot of marches, and I think – that always, I watch Ireland very closely because, um, 
they are, you know, they march, they get out there, they've got their placards. Mm. Where I sometimes feel we, uh, we moaned a lot, but we didn't really march, we didn't really mobilize women. The, the law changed eventually. Mm-hmm. But right now, I feel we should be like the Irish woman. We should be out there, just another thing to mm. march for. Yeah. But the minute anybody says anything about abortion, we just, everybody thinks we are the Antichrist. We are the yeah. most not yeah. non-religious people. How could we be doing this? And they're so far from the truth. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, religion has a lot to answer for this, in, in this. But Don't let me get me started on religion and Orlando. And I what do they say? We must pray. And I'm thinking it's the religious people that are yeah. driving. And this is what's happening here as well. Yeah. Because of religion, we are driving women to go underground. That's what's happening in Ireland. Women have mm. to travel to mm. um, to the UK. They have to go to London. They have to go to places. They have to access. Or, you know, Holland, we all trained in Amsterdam many years ago. <laughs> and uh, because that's really... Uh, and and oh, my head's all over the place. But Woman on Waves is a Dutch doctor that started. She's got a ship and she lands. She goes into the harbor and then women get onto the ship and then they go a kilometer to into the ocean. waters. Yeah. Mm. And then they do abortions and then they all come back and then they get off the ship again and, and then it's done. And it's this kind of activism, which I sometimes just think must women, do we have to go through all yeah. of this? All get on a ship to go. It should be. It should be accessible to everybody in every way. You know way. what? If nobody cries, if you want to take your wisdom mm. teeth out, it's just a medical procedure that has to happen or your appendix. Mm-hmm. Now, frankly, an, a medical abortion or even an early suction abortion is safer than having an appendicectomy mm. or having wisdom teeth out. Mm. But, Clearly, there's a lot of psychological impact mm. and all the other things that have to go with that. Oh. But we make this, we no. make it so difficult. You know, my yeah. friend and colleague, Gaden Fuss in America, um, in an interview, wrote something which just resonated so much with me, which was simply saying that our attitude to sex and sexual health and sexuality has not really changed that much since medieval times, yeah. in essence. And we're in this incredibly modern technological world. But emotionally and morally and ethically, that's where we are. That's Five, six hundred years behind where we actually need to be. Yeah, and, that's very and true. And where people, and what people are practicing. And that's this huge gap between what people are actually doing, what politicians are doing. Um, are there still doctors? Does a doctor have a right in South Africa to refuse to Absolutely. perform? Absolutely, yeah, of they course do. they may. They can. I give a lecture to doctors, mm. which I call that your ethical dilemmas mm. that you have to deal with. And and there's two things, and the one is euthanasia, and the other one's abortion. Mm. The one's legal, the one's illegal. You know, but those are two things that everybody's got yeah. something to say about. I just want to talk about Mari Stopes. Now, Mari Stopes, <laughs> people have no idea who she was, but Mari Stopes lived a century ago and she was jailed and she started these woman clinics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that could have been me in another lifetime. With the original, <laughs> with the original <laughs> Mari Stopes clinics for abortions. They mm-hmm. were contraceptive. They were started okay. as, yeah. come give us that history because it's so beautiful. Ha, she was actually anti-abortion. That's the, you know, the... It's quite interesting. Hmm. She was for contraception. It was not for abortion. And then a man called <laughs> Tim Black um, took over Mari Stopes and started Mari Stopes International, which is now in 38 countries, oh. and then integrated the abortion aspect hmm. into it. 
So initially, no, it was just family planning. It was a family yeah, planning but I think, clinic. I think if you, if you would have said, yeah, let's do abortions, I think you would go just, somebody will execute you just yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. And where, where did this start? In America? In, in London. In, in London. London. In, in London. London. And it's still up right now. Mm. Uh, Conway Street, it's still running. The original oh. clinic. The original yes, clinic. The original clinic. Wow. But yeah. even all those hundreds of years ago, it's 150 years ago that she lived. When was it? Mm. No, 120 yeah, years 120. ago. Um, just the mere fact of contraception hmm. was just seen as such a taboo. Yes. Yeah. No woman actually wanting to prevent pregnancies. Yeah. I mean, really, your role is to like just produce. So that was seen as very, very controversial in itself. You know, and so in in a lot of I mean, Mari Stopes is scattered all over Africa, mm-hmm. but not as abortion clinics yeah. as contraceptive providers. providers. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking at at, hmm. at the possibility that we have with our bodies. And Western medicine That also we can choose If you want to be masculine If we choose We want to be bodybuilders We Mm -hmm. choose If you want to be Whatever the case What we want to do With our bodies And all the medications That are offered to us These days And I'm thinking about The the human evolution And the understanding Of what is a fetus And what is to be Conceived with a baby And the fact that It is a natural thing But it is also A natural it's not a natural, but you can't, you can't decide if to have it or not. So if we took, we take religion aside and we look at the situation and obviously a sane woman and not because a serial woman just wants to create, you know, serial abortions, which is one out of a billion. Um, we actually, we, we don't look at things as a human possibility, as, as a functional evolutionary, evolutionary decision to say, okay, maybe we've gone a little bit far from, Spread your semen and mm. have as many kids as possible because we are surviving. It's evolution. It's biology. We have to, you know, the biggest nation will win or whatever the, what stands behind it. But for me, it comes back to education. I was raised in Israel and I didn't get enough. Even there where it's, okay, there's other problem with the religion, but in my non-religious school, nobody spoke about it. Nobody really. So my mother took me to a gynecologist. That was the best thing for me. But again, there was nobody could understand what does it mean to go through this procedure of actually falling pregnant mm-hmm. and going through the whole thing of of deciding if you were going to have a child or not. And for me, that was something that made me, in my personal story with my abortion, that I was really facing psychological fears and all of a sudden religious fears that I didn't even have. I'm not mm-hmm. even a religious person. But what does it mean? Am I a horrible person? And I told Whitney before that I'm the happiest person in the world. I don't have children because I really believe children are a right to have. Mm-hmm. I believe you should be ready for a child. I believe you should love a child. I believe you should have the means or at least the absolute intention to make this child as happy, as healthy as possible. And for me, I'm, I'm very happy that I went through it and that I, I didn't, you know, I felt pregnant and I stopped it. And I'm saying it and I have no, and you know, Elna, let's do that March. Let's yeah. do that. But that goes back to what Jonty said earlier. If parents say, how must I talk to my children? Yeah. Tell them the consequences of sex. That is the most B- important Because thing. people also just go, I, I call it the, the, the vulture and the hornet story rather than the birds and the bees story. <laughs> people just want to say horrible things. Mm-hmm. Sex is wonderful. It's fantastic. <laughs> but it has to happen. And everybody needs rules. Because, yeah. you know, that's interesting because 
my daughter Amy, you know Amy. I love Amy because she had the best <laughs> education from the best dad. <laughs> and that was it. From the time she was small and I started working with sexuality, we had a very open relationship. And we had a lot of discussions that were difficult. Um, mm. I think more from my perspective than hers. But she got the amazing education to be able to make incredible choices in her mm. life. And I talk to a lot of women, because most of my work is with women, and a lot of women say that if they knew that they had more choice, they would not necessarily have had children or had them when they did. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that they don't love their children because they love them enormously. Mm, yeah. But simply understanding that they had greater choice. And for me, one of the biggest parts of that level of education comes from education for pleasure rather than fear-based yeah, education. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. that's what we have in South Africa, this incredibly fear-based sex education that is based totally on how not to get pregnant, how not to get HIV or AIDS or any yeah. of the other STIs. But there's nothing about pleasure and there's no education for relationship on how do you have a relationship? How do you say, I need to live with you for five years before, and I'm just picking that out of the hat, (laughs) to say, then we can actually decide if we can work together and can we be parents? Yeah. And this pressure to do this, you know, Amy's 25 years old. I can't believe it. She's a little girl. (laughs) Just the other day. And she grew up with some very religious Jewish friends and some who were not even that religious. But I hope she but, was the educator. Well, she, she was our peer educator. You know, I remember Sunday mornings where we would get phone calls from the things that the girls had done on Saturday night, drunk in the clubs, because <laughs> they knew that she would come and ask me. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you had to. And yeah. then I would give her, and then she'd go back and phone them. And, you know, that's what it was. But there are women of her age who have two and three children, and they are babies themselves. Mm. Remember, we also we romanticize babies. Yeah. You know, when, when somebody's pregnant, we go, oh, this is the greatest thing. This is so wonderful. And then we read horror stories of young men who are also not ready to have babies, who beat the babies up, who this, that, and the other. Just going back to the education that we give, the fear-based, when we talk about contraception, because there's always one wise girl in school. I'm sure she went to your school. It wasn't any one of us, but there's one who says, oh, the pill's going to make you so fat. So, mm. so contraception, that's the first question, and isn't this true, Whitney? Is this going to make me fat? And yeah. uh, will I, you know, Absolutely. fat and, you know, and, and, and. Return of fertility. Yeah. When and when will I be? And then what is it going to do to my skin? It's all about. And I always say, do you know how fat you get when you're pregnant? <laughs> you know, and look at me. I'm not even on the pill and I'm so fat. I'm fat because of sugar. Sugar makes you fat. True. Mm. And, and so young women also would rather take the risk of in, in, to stay skinny. I'd rather have unprotected sex. Mm. So sometimes you have to sit down and actually just go, gosh, I was stupid. Actually just take it back to yourself. Why did I fall pregnant? Because I'm stupid. Mm. Yes. Yeah. True. And I think the media also plays a big part in this fear-based education. Mm. So this project that we're working on is partly directed at them, where we are hoping to produce pictures that are accurate to abortion. Mm. Have you ever seen like on the Times or whatever where they have an abortion article and they have a a picture of a big baby, a lady holding a baby, Mm. a full developed baby or like a big pregnancy. And then, you know, 
it just gives that thing of you're killing a baby. Yeah. But it's not like that. Uh, most times when an abortion happens, it's the cells. It's not an actual baby yet. Mm. And yet the media portrays it like it mm. is. I just remembered something that I will share with you. On, on Peter Place... Yes. Yeah. Is that Amari Stopes? That's that Amari Stopes, okay. and they stand so, and they parade. Yes, so a couple, <laughs> a couple of Saturday mornings ago, Amy and mm-hmm. I were driving past there, and we see this demonstration outside. Yeah. And she actually wanted to go buy some eggs at the pick and pay across the road and yeah. go and throw eggs at the demonstration. <laughs> I actually want people that demonstrate, that's great, but can mm. you leave the legal providers alone mm. and go after the illegals? Because yeah. then you're actually doing something. Go and wow, pull all those. Idea. You yeah. see all these posters everywhere that says safe and pain-free and you, you always get penis enlargement above it yes, and, exactly. and, and find your lost one. lover your lost and lover. you find it's the same people doing the same and thing. And giving you exactly yeah. the same pulse. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just get rid of those posters mm. for us. Then you're already doing a million percent. Is there any, uh, uh, is there clampdown on those people? You know what? They answer their numbers. They 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 change their numbers. Yeah. Because we phone sometimes. Somebody would mm. be there, and I then I phone. I'm actually getting quite scared nowadays because I'm just thinking one of these days we're going to have a drive-by shooting because people are going to go. You are putting me out of business mm. because you, it is not my job. It's yet another job that we put onto the mm. police. Mm-hmm. In fact, the internet uh, cyber crime unit from the Hawks actually has to follow that up. True. I'm sure the Hawks are very busy with a lot of other things as well. But to me, this this is my number one priority. I want them to be out there. True. You know, they'll say, but we're busy crime preventing. This is a crime. This is as illegal as selling Nyopi. And the numbers um, are And it's not horrendous. seen as a crime. Horrendous. And that's the saddest thing. Because it's women and women don't yeah. complain. Yeah. Yeah, and I women mean, don't count, let's be honest. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah but true. I will give credit to the municipality in KZN and Port Elizabeth who are actually doing something now. What are they doing? They are arresting these illegal mm. providers. Oh, wow. So, I know so there's they're a lady, actually being prosecuted? They are being prosecuted. So I can name uh, the MEC in KZN is taking That's a big really, stand. really, really yeah. are. And then in Port Elizabeth, there is a lady who's actually imprisoned right now for uh, conducting abortions in her home and keeping the, you know, the products of procedures. Yeah. So she was keeping the products of conception in her house because she had nowhere to dispose of them. So they they were in her refrigerator. So she was busted and she's in prison right now. But they're also selling fetuses on the street as well as part of medicine. Uh, Muti medicine. Mm. So, so there's almost, um, there shouldn't be fetuses on the streets. That's mm-hmm. really, it shouldn't be happening. You see, and, and then everybody will go, yeah, but they went to those abortion people. Well, there are abortion people and abortion mm. people, and people need to know there's a difference between them. And it's very easy to the find Human out. Tissue Act governs that. that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But if you are being sold pills and you're eight months pregnant, you're going to give birth to a live fetus. Mm-hmm. And so recently in my suburb, a young girl and I live in a fairly okay Santon suburb. So a, a young girl uh, seven, at seven months pregnant gave birth because she got access to Cytotec, almost bled to death. So by the time she was brought to me, she was really bled out. We oh my word. chased with her. We, we, we ran. We drove as fast as we could to one of the Santon um, hospitals. She was admitted. She was in ICU. She needed a blood transfusion. And now that she's around and walking and we can talk again, I say to her, you are so lucky 
that you happen to live in the suburb which is so close with close access. Mm. But if you lived somewhere where you couldn't get she access to, she would, she would have died. Mm. And so there are many of these stories, but nobody says she died because she yeah. was given yeah. medication by illegal yeah. providers. So the media are not actually covering the full extent no, of this. No, they they like to, to rather say, to point out to how bad it is. Yeah. yeah. The reality is it's happening. Otherwise, yeah. there wouldn't be a Mari Stopes. True. Yeah. True. And you better say that number a hundred times. I know it off by heart because I give it out the whole day and it's <laughs> 0800 and you'll give it out slowly later yeah. <laughs> because Mari Stopes is around the country. Mm. Yeah. You know, my clinic is one tiny little private practice in Santon. But there are many people who might be listening to us now who live in wh- wherever they live. Mm. About ten percent of our listeners are in Australia. <laughs> there's Some a Mari of our Stopes listeners there are in too. Ireland. There's a Mari How Stopes many countries is Mari Stopes in around the world? Thirty-eight countries. Okay. So it's yeah. in Australia, not in Ireland, but Ireland is close to the UK, and mm. we have lots of <laughs> clinics there too. So, but they're called something else in Australia. They Doctor Mari, Doctor Mari. They're called yeah. Doctor Mari. <laughs> yeah. It's maybe the politically yeah. correct yeah. version. Dr. Yeah, Mar- yeah. not Mari stops. Yeah. <laughs> so, in terms of, we've spoken a little bit about percentages. How many legal abortions are being performed in South Africa over a year? So there's uh, something called um, an A. That has to, so that's another reason how you can know it's a legal uh, uh, clinic. Um, so we have to complete an annexure A, which mm-hmm. has to be submitted to the Department of for Health. For every abortion. For every, every abortion. abortion. And that gives us a very small percentage mm. because you can also have a legal abortion in a private clinic that can pass through as a DNC. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we With know. No reason for the procedure being given. Yeah. So there are there are probably more than what we can see on the, from the Anikja A's, mm-hmm. but um, we have no idea. We really we just a thumb no suck is fifteen percent of women that die are from illegal abortions, and then we sort of think that it's fifty fifty, but it's probably not because mm. mm-hmm. if we look at the internet. There are pages and pages, and these are, and you know, uh, Google tells us that you're not allowed to use the word abortion, but it's everywhere. We say, well, how can these people be there? How do you check? Um, uh, they they pass through Google ads. They're on Google Plus. Yeah. They're on Facebook. I find them on LinkedIn. 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 Yeah. I'm trying to. <laughs> LinkedIn. Are you serious? Those illegal practices. They are everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. everywhere. on med pages. It's a lot of money. And yeah, there's a yeah. lot of money there. Yeah. Well, you can just look at the markup. A two rand pill that's sold for 400. a minimum four hundred rand yeah. upwards. It's it is. But my other question is, um, Pfizer makes Cytotec. Pfizer distance themselves from that this has got anything to do with abortion. We use Cytotec for its side effect, which is, so it is a medicine that we use, but where do they get the pills from? Mm. Because somebody somewhere is providing, you know, Mm. um, if, if there could be a much stricter control on the sales of Cytotec. And they're providing the branded product, not a generic. The branded, no, they give you the branded product. Though they do sell, I mean, I had a woman recently who bought womb cleaning pills. I mean, for What's goodness that? sake, yeah, exactly. Womb cleaning, <laughs> womb cleaning. And so we took it to the pharmacy and they identified it as aspirin. So people are also sold just things just a in placebo. You know, a placebo, and this is your womb cleaning, you know. And that comes out of sheer desperation. Stigma, desperation, uh, sounds cheap, yeah. sounds legit, mm. website looks very legit. 
So a lot of them have cut and pasted information either from Maurice Stopes, yeah. from our own website. From Sometimes they've actually cut and pasted the American ones. There's American phone mm. numbers in between. <laughs> oh, wow. You know? So yeah. it's, it's some, I mean, it's easy for us to spot. But, you know, we are, it's, it shouldn't be my job to be spotting legals mm. and illegals. Yeah. And yeah. Our, our job is to supply um, services to women. They don't have to be there out of desperation. They job out of choice. So Ward one nine five is uh um and that is our biggest problem is second trimester. So remember first trimesters to up to twelve weeks? Mm. It's the twelve to twenty weekers that are the problem. Because most women don't come forward till they can actually not pull their zip up, which is around about six months. That's what the teenagers do. They, when they start showing, now they come forward and then they're so far pregnant that we can't help them. So ward one and five on average has a waiting list of, of a month, more or less. So if you get there and by that's 16. That's four terminations. Late terminations. Yeah, yeah. So again, the earlier we see people, the earlier we can help this patient, mm-hmm. but they, they come when they're 18 or 20 weeks. Often we see the over 23 weekers. They cannot, you have to have a baby now. And those are the people that we worry about because they're the ones that are desperate. They buy the pills on the streets. Yeah. They go into labor. Um, yeah. No, if yeah. you could see Anna's look, you would understand. <laughs> well, you know what? I didn't fight for legalization for mm. it to end up. Like this. We fought. And it's not just me by myself. There mm. were a lot of us, a lot of women. And I think just to, to maybe look at our faces, there is a very high burnout rate for us who work in this field. Mm. Yeah. So, so said, we yeah. have to actually, um, you know, uh, Whitney is young. So Whitney, I don't know how long you're going to stay in this field. <laughs> um, we all need a break every now and again. I work in a skin clinic once a week just to do, do something completely different. different. That for one day out of the week, I am not, I don't, we don't just do abortions. We run a woman's clinic. I do pap smears. I do a little bit of antenatal as well. But, um, sometimes you just, it's almost like give yourself a little break. Yeah. And this goes for anybody that's working, whether you're a fireman, a policeman. We know there's burnout. Um, I think if I look that's at the right. two of you, you listen to women every day. There's this vicarious trauma we take on other people's sure. pain, yeah. being it sexual pain, whatever it is, because the two of you also need medals and halos on your heads. But, but <laughs> I think he's the one who's running the marathon. <laughs> really, it's, it's, but he, that's why he's working from a holistic point of view, cleansing himself constantly, helping mm. to balance. It's, you know, it's, it's absolutely true what you're saying. It's some, when you work in that front and you understand how much pain, Mm. And how much, and that's the beauty. I think you choose to, when I asked you last week or two weeks ago, will you come and <laughs> chat? And we said, let's, let's chat two seconds about fun, safe sex, because yes. John D works with pleasure, not yeah. so much with the pain of sex. So you acknowledge the pain, you work with a the trauma. Of the pain release has to come first. Yes. Yeah. So this week yeah. I have been working with a couple. She has cancer, which she thinks is now spreading. And they want to learn some beautiful sensual massage for whatever time she yeah, has yeah. left. Yeah, so beautiful. A woman who was raped and her throat was slit. Yeah. Mm. And oh that has to come before the pleasure. Yes. Yeah. Then comes the pleasure. And that's the truth of it. And, you know, we often look at, uh, say, the, the terminally ill. Mm. 
uh, or the disabled, and we think, hey, you can't be having sex. Yeah. And this is exactly where all the elderly. You know, when we had Faisal Muhammad on the show talking about masturbating his son. Yes, what yes. What do you do with that? Which he sends his no, regards, by the way. He's uh, no missing you, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think Faisal has had a very lonely road yeah. over the years because, in a way, he also wants people to hear what he has to say. But people yeah. just hear masturbation. Boof, and they don't, they don't hear, hear the story. They mm. don't hear But that's the story. exactly with sex. Oh, my God. Why are they having sex when they're 16? Why are they having sex? Sex is happening. Sex will yeah. always happen. Yeah. And this is not where you should put the exclamation mark. This is not where the point you know, is. One of my teachers had a saying, and – the saying I think to this morning particularly, it applies to us as a society. That if you put your head in the sand long enough, somebody is going to come and fuck you in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful saying. But that's what we as a society have done and are doing to each true. other very as far true. as this is concerned. Whitney, where do people get information? Get information from our website, www.marystopes.org.za. Share your story there. There's a tab that says share your story. Call our call center on 0800-11-7785. We want to hear from all of you. Mm. Yeah. And you have a Facebook page. We You're have active a Facebook on Twitter. page, uh, Mari Stopes South Africa. And we're on Twitter. Mari Stopes underscore SA. So get in touch whichever way that you would like to. We want to hear your story and we want to share it with other women. Now, we're part of an activist group. Mm. Uh, we're in a, a WhatsApp group. And I think the beauty of that, because the young ones started it and the old ones so, slowly moved in as well. But it's a platform for us just to sometimes share, I feel sad mm. today. And then everybody goes, oh, and they send you all hugs. Oh, warm hugs, warm hugs. Yeah. But where we also talk about uh, and where we mobilize. And it's not just our activist group is not just around abortion. It's around re sexual and reproductive mm. health because yeah. that's really the big issue. So I am at um, Dr. Elna on Twitter or otherwise Safer Sex, Safer with a R, safersex.co.za. Abortion information on Facebook. And then uh, our clinic is called Deezer Healthcare. And so I write on Google Plus as well because that seems to filter, you know, you, you, because the internet just moves mm. all the time and people post all the time. And my main focus on Google Plus is to warn against what is illegal, what to look out for, what if you think you've got it. Because I think as much as it sounds terrible, you, you also have to warn people that consequences – the ideal, however, for me, my biggest fight always has been contraception. Um, and at the moment, we're trying to get diaphragms back in the country. Diaphragms is a non-hormonal because that's really, it's not going to make you fat. Mm. You only have to use it when you're having sex. And uh, let's see if that happens in my lifetime. Wow. Hmm. Well. Thank do, you both. Do you need a cleansing ceremony before we leave? <laughs> <laughs> because it's such a heavy topic. It so is, thank, thank you. Thank you for addressing it. Thank you Always. so much and for having us it's on. It's such an important thing. So and we important. will keep coming back to it again and again because mm -hmm. it really is. So your statistic of one in three, we're not going to tell you who had the abortion in this room. Yeah. Oh, but no, I one said already. Well, oh, you <laughs> said you actually. Yeah. 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 So, there so there three women in a room and one, one had an abortion. Yeah, even two, by the way. But that was from very different reasons. But anyway, I'm happy to share my story. I'm going to share it, Marie Stott, because I really believe that having sex 
We don't understand. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to do, mm-hmm. but you need to, do, mm-hmm. to know how to do it. So okay, our dirty you. dictionary word, a sextonal hard drive. Whitney, you were right. It's Woo-hoo! a hard drive where you store your porn. Aww. That's it. So you get, you, <laughs> you get the smile for today. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> On Tuesday night, I am giving a free talk in four ways called Your Sexual Story. What is your sexual story? Where does it come from? How much of it is yours? How much of it is about guilt and shame and embarrassment? And how much of it is about celebration? And where did you learn about your sexual story? What created that? So that is on Facebook as an event. There is information there. Next. It's a bit of a vagina monologue sort of kind of, thing. Yeah, yeah, for everybody. Or for, a penis monologue. Yeah, for men and for women. <laughs> wow. Also, when John D. sees a guy, he's very excited when he comes for a pleasure journey. Or when men want to learn, it's just it's fantastic. Like, <laughs> so, um, next Friday, I am so excited. One of the most talented musicians in this country, Chris Tokalon, is going to be in the studio. Chris's nickname is The Magic Mouth, and listening to Chris is like listening to an orchestra. So that is next Friday. Don't miss that. It is, I uh, can't wait for that one. It's really, really exciting. Um, we have confirmed the dates for the Mozambique Massage Retreat, the 1st to the 5th of October. So we have an extra night at Tartaruga. Oh, yeah. And that is fantastic. Can't imagine anything worse, but you all go and have wonderful fun. <laughs> Listen here. The, 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 That's not uh, true. That's not true. Alna, you would have had a great time. So, me tactile defensive, not a chance. <laughs> not for you. Not you can you. learn. Listen. <laughs> we have had this discussion <laughs> many times. <laughs> can teach an old dog new tricks. So, thank you both for coming and being with us this morning. It really is so important to keep sharing this and to keep sharing the stories and. Mr. Health Minister, I'm a fan of yours because I think there's a lot of stuff that you're doing that's good. HPV vaccinations. And I think yeah. he's fantastic oh, in a lot of ways. Hmm. Um, we'd love to have you or somebody from your department in the studio furthering this discussion. So if anybody who is listening from the Ministry of Health, if anybody has a cousin in the Ministry of Health <laughs> or a brother or a sister-in-law in the Ministry of Health, we would love to have you here. Next up is Kasper and the team. And a beautiful way to end the show. And I wish you so much pleasure. Thank you, Chanti. This is CliffCentral.com.